Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Extra Cannon podcast. Hasn't it been a while? Um, I have to apologise myself before I even get into introducing the show about my uh, my recent absences. It's It's been a while, but life's got hectic. But um, for the, the first time in a few weeks, uh, we've we're getting both the shows out. Um, you're going to hear more of the guys that you you heard uh, on the first show of the week. Uh, go listen to that again, even even if you've not listened to it already, um, or even if you have listened to it, just just listen to it again because I haven't heard it yet, but I know it's going to be great content. But without further ado, welcome to episode 23 of the extra version of the Arsenal Cannon podcast. Of course, the Extra Cannon podcast. Um, first of all, it's it's the man who is the regular co-host with me on this show. It is Mac Johnson. How are we doing up there in Scotland in uh, on, on, on the fellow gloomy British shores up there, Maxter? Um, I'm doing great. I'm having a good time. Um, really just enjoying my time up here. The weather's actually been lovely of late. I, I shouldn't say that because then it won't be, but... Um, yeah, we've had we've had a nice not rainy week. It's definitely gotten colder, but um, no, it's great. I'm I'm having a good time. I'm excited for the pod as always. Excited for for Watford this Sunday, and excited to have the Americans once again outnumber the Brits. <laughs> yeah, again. I mean, last time we we were non-existent. I mean, that horrendous horrendous effort from me. It's enough, a, it's a but, poor um, showing, really. It is a very poor showing. Um, and it is funny, isn't it, just how it's inevitable. Yeah, all Europeans will get this just as soon as November hits. It's just freezing. Absolutely freezing. Like, October, it's sort of manageable. Like, you can go out with a hoodie on, and then thereafter, like, the coat is an absolute necessity. Um, anyhow, it's it's time for the uh, the second guest. Eddie, Eddie Howe was second that? Guest. Eddie Howe? <laughs> anyhow anyhow um it's time for my second guest introduction it is daniel finton uh the host of the arsenal cannon podcast today's he's, he's he's doing his unconventional job of uh being one of the guests and uh i'm delighted to be able to fire some questions his way today um how are we doing danny boy good man um i was just talking to you guys beforehand the weather outside is beautiful by my ginger standards it's raining out everybody else around me is miserable so that makes me even more happy um and yeah i am just i'm delighted for more reasons than one rob i actually get to talk positively about arsenal i get to shoot the shit with my homies on a podcast and yeah Mm. living my best life it's like the first time in weeks that that we all can kind of you know do our shows in the usual way um, and it feels good. Yeah, it feels freaking good. It's been a hectic, stupid semester, and I hope that next one we can, you know, find a little more stability because I, yeah. I it can't be surely famous last words. Surely it can't be as uh, ridiculous <laughs> as as this one. But I guess we'll see, right? I wouldn't be so sure, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, okay, let's let's get stuck into this straight away. Um, First of all, um, unfortunately, I, I think we should talk about um, a club that we really don't like to talk about on this show. And I'm, I'm not even going to say their name, but Mac, wh- what do we think of the arrival of a certain Italian on the uh, 
dark side of North You're London. You're sure he's Italian? I don't think they're sure he's Italian. <laughs> um, I've made this joke on the Arsenal Cannon podcast, so spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Spurs announced Antonio Conte in Spanish for some idiotic reason. But yeah, he... Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got that reference. I was struggling for a second. (laughs) I heard the awkward laugh and I was like, oh, does does he not get it? I tweeted about it. Like, what? No. Oh, Uh, yeah, yeah. I did. Conte has just gone through his first first match with Spurs. Uh, The same... Actually, I think the same week that Mikel Arteta hit his 100th match with Arsenal, which I think is pretty cool. But... um, yeah. The main quote, his like resounding quote after the game was that he criticized the team for being too hectic and too all over the place. Um, he was like, yeah, I, I like a nice controlled game. I like um, effectively he was like, I want my team to be ruthless when they need to kill it. They kill it. He, he's quite violent with some of his imagery. Um, I've noticed he's, yeah, like, yeah. He's, quite, he's quite verbally aggressive, but no, it, it's an interesting sign of potentially things to come in North London uh, with Conte in charge. Of course, he is a very good manager, but it's it's a squad that's relatively unequipped to the demands that he usually brings to a team. So it'll be fun to see what happens. But what is interesting now is that um, four, in my estimation, of Europe's five best managers all manage in the Premier League, which is uh, mm. it's, it's crazy to think about, really. It's nice to have um, just because... It, it does feel like there's um, uh, an influx of talent recently, both in the standards of players, but also just the managerial sense. Um, once again, proving that England is the best league in the world, uh, which is a, a feather, I think, in most of you, you Brits caps. Yeah. And um, and Daniel, do you think that um, the arrival of Conte, therefore, as one of the world's best managers... Do you think that immediately makes Spurs one of, uh, oh, I guess, the favourite for that fourth place finish? Or do you think that, you know, it, it might take a while with Conte because even though, you know, he is a world-class manager like those, uh, like Tuchel, Klopp, Guardiola, um, mm-hmm. of course, those three have absolutely world-class squads at their disposal. And I, I don't think the same can be said of that Spurs squad at all. So what do you make of that? Yeah, it's it's an interesting point in the way that I think Conte will get this team basically as high as they can get mm. uh, this season because he is a fucking great manager, as much as that pains me to say it. Um, I thought for sure he would have held out for uh, United yeah, yeah, same. because I think that is... I think that is way, way better suited to Conte, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he sees he could do something with the Spurs side. Um but yeah, no, I don't think realistically it, even he can help them push top four. Um, this Spurs team is just really bad. And I'm not even just saying that because I hate them. They are genuinely just very, very bad at the moment. Mm. So I think that I could maybe see them getting into the... I, I think they will get into the top six with Conte as their manager. But I don't think that uh, that they'll get top four, to be honest. Mm. Um, but the, the real big thing with Conte now and why I would be delighted if I was a Spurs fan... Um, fuck that. Um, why would we yeah, wash your mouth and then come back? <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. Let me go drink some bleach after that one. I, um, yeah, I, I, like you know what Conte is going to tell the board because he tells every team the exact same thing. It doesn't matter if it's Chelsea giving him a couple hundred million or whatever, it doesn't matter. 
he'll be like, hey, I need more money. I need more money. Mm -hmm. I need, because he has to build a big, solid, strong team. And honestly, guys, I think that is just not going to fucking happen at Tottenham mm -hmm. at all. And I could see Conte a year in giving Spurs a really good season this time around, maybe finishing fifth or something with them. And then they don't give him Jack Diddley squat for a, for, for, you know, a transfer uh, kitty. And then he just walks away. So yeah. I, I'm not really, maybe it's fam famous last words again. I've been saying a lot of those today. <laughs> um, I'm really not that worried. I've got to be honest. I mean, I am not intimidated by Tottenham, even though I am very intimidated by Antonio Conte. Yeah. I, I mean, I fundamentally agree with what, what both of you have said. I think he is one of the best managers in the world. Um, I think that's been proved, you know, over the, over the course of the last few years. And, you know, he turned around a, a Chelsea side when he was in the Premier League that finished 10th the season before he joined. And then they went on to win the title. I mean, that that is absolutely fantastic. And I know, of course, he had a lot of good players uh, working for him. Um, yeah. Can I, can I, I'm sorry. Can I interject? I, I, my curiosity is peaking so badly because Max said something about five best managers, four in the premier league. Who Mac, who's the other one? I've, I've, I've got to know from your perception, who's the other best manager. Uh, yeah. Oh, you did have to put me on the spot there. Um, it's yeah. Cause, cause you obviously have something in I mind. I had, see, I typically rotate between, a couple. Um, yeah, I think this is, yeah, I let's think, talk about this for a while. I think this yeah, is actually it's, it's really interesting. interesting debate. Um, Nagelsmann, of course, at Bayern is always in the discussion in terms of new, mm -hmm. fresh thought. But he hasn't really won anything no, yet. Well, that, that, that's what I mean. In terms of new, mm -hmm. fresh thought, he's, you know, kind of a cutting edge manager. And of course, he's set records in terms of prices being paid for him, but he doesn't quite have the, the resume to go with it. Um, Ancelotti, of course, is always in the discussion. Um, yeah. I think what, what he can do with the team is really, really impressive. Uh, he is a bit old fashioned. Of course, you can always stick Mourinho in that discussion. Uh, do I, I think if he hadn't had a couple of nasty spats at his last few clubs, he would most certainly still be in that top five. And I think there are a lot, myself included, who might, um, might stick him up there. Um, you'd certainly hear arguments for, a lot of the men who have managed uh, Barcelona in the past, other than Pep, I think a lot of people really rate Luis, en Luis Enrique. I'm not quite so mm. sure about that. Um, mm. But there are genuinely Poch. people even... Yeah, Pochettino, of course. Uh, and <laughs> the, the, the time that people might put Emery in that discussion, I don't think that time is around, and I don't think it should be. But there are a lot of talented managers out there, and I think... Frankly, I had more of a solid top four. Even someone like Max Allegri did wonderful things with Juventus. Um, and mm. I think if you're looking at a manager to manage superstars, Zidane might be up there. I don't think he's there. But it's, yeah. it, it's again, just throwing more names into the fire. Frankly, I have a top four, and the top five is up for debate. If it's my personal preferences, I'd go for Nagelsmann or Ancelotti, but I'm not quite sure. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I think the established top four are probably in the Premier League, though. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Matt? I definitely that? agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, th I think it, I, regardless of, you know, what, what happens this season or whatever, 
the two best managers in the world, and it's going to be that this way, I think, for a while, and it's been this way for a while, are Klopp and Pep. Um, and then Tuchel and um, Conte. I think they're pretty, pretty even. I think I would personally give Conte the edge, mm. actually, despite... Uh, I just think... I think Conte's really good at kind of doing that um, Mourinho-esque sort of thing of just taking a team that you don't really expect to, you know, win the league, for example, like it was with Inter, and just pull off the miraculous. So yeah. I, that's why I give Conte the edge. My fifth to be fair, is you, you've Ancelotti. You've got a lot of people doing that with Chelsea in the absolutely. Champions League last season. True. I, um, yeah, absolutely. 100%. So that's where they're pretty but then freaking you must, even. You must remember then. that that Chelsea team was also terribly underperforming under Frank Lampard. You know, on paper, that is a ridiculously yeah. good team. Um, <laughs> it really is. Lukaku last yeah. season. But you, yeah, I, 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 he deserves a lot of respect too, does for the job yeah. he's done there. Um, would you guys put, and I've just got two more names off the top of my head. In terms of, aste- in terms of aesthetic football, I hmm. will always and forever rate Marcelo Bielsa. Um. But the other name, oh, yeah. and this is one that should have occurred to all of us and didn't, is Diego Simeone as well. He's a fantastic oh, yeah, coach, and I course. think oh, he yeah. probably makes oh, him yeah. in the top five, if not above Ancelotti, then certainly above Nagelsmann. I think just for the longevity and consistency of yeah. Atletico, sort of constant competitiveness, I think he, what, he'll one always be in that year. conversation. Yeah, I think it would be really mm, interesting yeah. to see him sort of try and do a different club. Um, but no, I, th- I think he should definitely be in that conversation. And um, just just True. before we move on, my thoughts on Conte, I just think, I don't think we can forget that Conte rejected Spurs in the summer. It wasn't Spurs saying, you know, I think he said in his interview, like, oh, my departure with Inter was too recent. I couldn't join. You know, it was all too fragile. That's that's bullshit. Levy basically didn't offer him what he wanted. <laughs> now Levy's gone back on his word. And I think he's probably made promises that he can't fulfill. So this is, you know, I think he's he's banking quite a bit on maybe getting a, a seat, um, probably a season and a half, maybe full, full next season, half of this season. Uh, out of Conte and just hoping that he wins him something. I mean, that just seems to be the way with Spurs at the moment. They're going for these sort of stopgap appointments where they're just so desperate to win something. Um, And I guess uh, they're just looking at the model of, I don't know, maybe a Chelsea or something and hoping that that bears fruit for them. But um, yeah, let's just all take a minute to laugh at the, the... awfulness of the appointment of uh, Nuno because wow Spurs you've really I can I they've not uh, can I say yeah. about Nuno I did I I did not expect it to go that I know, badly same. I mean so like, bad he's like a I, th- I do think Nuno is a decent mm. manager so I don't know what the hell I mean, happened we've seen historically that this Spurs squad are <laughs> notoriously difficult to wrangle into a single shape together um when half are performing, mm. half are off, and it's never, they're not a cohesive unit. Um, but you must remember that Nuno has just come from a club where he speaks two languages, English and Portuguese, and 90% of the players at that club either are Portuguese or speak Portuguese. True. When it comes to communication and cohesion, yeah, he has come from a club where that's incredibly easy. And I might add, was he fired from Wolves last year? Or, or was he just signed? 
No, I. Yeah. I think he got poached. If no, I'm not no, mistaken. no, because he didn't no, join right. Spurs till quite a bit, uh, quite a long time after he. I think. Oh, yeah, I think they just mutually agreed that right. it was time but for him to kind of move in on. In that context, he's gone from a club where he's mm. at his peak of comfort to an entirely new opportunity and to a stage that he's not quite managed before. I mean, if you look at as well with Spurs' new toilet bowl stadium, right, and all of the money that they've thrown into that. Mm. It, on the surface, they are one of the biggest clubs, you know, on paper, whatever. And Daniel Levy wants them to be seen as such and run as <laughs> such. And I'm not saying that it's, you know, too that it's kind of too big of a job for Nuno. But to a certain extent, it's just not really his comfort zone. You know, he's not a manager who has ever enjoyed yeah. playing obscenely, like, free-flowing, expansive like aesthetically attractive football wolves played incredibly well under him, but that's because they had, you know, a wealth of young talent and a system that worked for the players that had it. He's not a manager that has ever coached a system anywhere remotely near what, what works for Tottenham. If there's anything that works for Tottenham. And, And I think last season when he, when he tried to actually move away from the sort of, his fundamentals, the like dogged three five the, the two three, four, or three, three four three. Play, yeah, I thought it didn't work. No, they, that's they, why Wolves really, are bad. They, yeah, and I think that's why the agreement was mutual rather than Nuno leaving on his own accord. Or you know, I think he he, he might have been sacked if that agreement wasn't made. They had a really really poor season, and um, they're playing much better football now. I've got to say, I'm, I've been very impressed with. Um, how how they're 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 doing so far this season under their new Portuguese manager, isn't it? Like Bruno Large or something, his name? Yeah, he's um, impressive. They're they're doing really well. Uh they're sort of a bit like uh Brighton of last season. They've got some brilliant XG going around. Uh bet Alfie's a big fan. Um so uh yeah, I think that's enough of talking about um the club that we really don't enjoy talking about. So you know, we're 20 minutes in. Let's talk about Arsenal because we did say um, that we were really looking forward to talking about them. Uh, we face Watford on Sunday at 2 p.m. at the Emirates. Um, Mac, it's just a simple question for me. How excited are you to see the team play again this weekend? Um, I'm quite excited. I get major FOMO every time it's a Champions League week <laughs> because... It, it's just it's so much fun competition and oh my god i mean i could wax lyrical about the amount of enjoyment i get from watching champions league teams that aren't mine um and it just makes <laughs> me miss watching team you know a team that i throw my heart and soul into every time they step on the pitch yeah. um but yeah. every week feels like an international break it does me. and it's horrible but <laughs> that aside even um It'll also be nice to play on a weekend. You know, we had the weird, like, Monday to Friday to Tuesday rotation. Uh, Um, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and just getting back to that kind of cycle of normalcy. But also, just generally, um, we've been in a ridiculous run of form recently. And I'm, like, absolute. I I just love watching this team right now. Um, So in that regard as well, there's that little extra element of spice. Plus, it's against Watford, who are our direct neighbors at London Colney. You know, we share a fence oh, yeah, in terms of, of training grounds. 
Claudio Ranieri's been probably yeah. uh, popping I, on the fence with bin, the binoculars. And I personally, not only because of Leicester's title winning season, but because of the way he approaches football and generally his mentality. Um, I'm a massive Claudio Ranieri fan, and I have been for quite a while. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, the way he approaches the media as well. He's just a lovely, lovely man. Um, and mm. I quite like facing off against teams that I, you know, I kind of I enjoy their managers. I enjoy how he's going to coach them. They've looked good recently. I'm expecting a win, which are, you know, dangerous words. But I'm also genuinely expecting a very fun game to watch. Uh, both managers like to play entertaining football. It's just, it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams who come to the Emirates and uh, sort of sit nice and deep and make it difficult for us. Uh, and I'm not saying that Watford won't make it difficult for us. I'm sure they'll try to. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sure Ranieri will do try to do that in the sort of conventional way, especially judging... Uh, on their first performance under him against Liverpool a few weeks ago, which was a bit of a horror show. Um, Daniel, Daniel, is there a player yes. or an aspect of the system that you've sort of seen in recent weeks that is making you uh, sort of, or that you're especially looking out for seeing this weekend, which you're particularly excited about seeing again? I'm honestly... Uh, this feels so good to say. I'm just excited to see the all of the attackers out there again because mm. we're finally scoring goals. Yeah. You know, I mean, Emil Smith Rowe has been sensational this season. We were talking about it on the um, on the main show. I just had a Fintan's frolic drop about it, um, saying how he's wearing that number ten really well, in spite yeah. of the pressure that I'm sure it's providing. Um, and I'm just I'm excited to see us score some goals, man. I'm excited to see Aubameyang out there. Uh, you know, like, Aubameyang's such a likable character, and when he's doing well, it's because we're doing well. Mm. So I'm, I'm excited to see him hopefully chip in with a goal. Uh, this, uh, Alfie just said something in the group chat, something saying, uh, I'm loving this reborn Lacazette. That's, I'm yeah, very yeah, excited that's, to that's probably piece, see. Jahid's piece for this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see Lacazette again, uh, Lacazette again too, and then Ramsdale probably, you know being his typical Ramsdale self. So I'm excited to see the whole mm. team as a whole, not any particular uh, facet. It's like we've been saying this uh, a lot, and I'm going to keep on saying it. It's amazing, and it feels so good to finally have uh, a unit of players that are likable again. Mm. I, I like basically every player on this team, and it feels like just a couple of years ago I hated all of them. So, I mean, it feels – you're just really good, and I'm excited for each and every match that comes up, especially due to the fact that um, every bit of time between each game, like you said, Rob, sort of feels like an international break. Yeah. So I'm just excited on all fronts, really. And unfortunately, uh, we do actually have an international break coming up after this game, so uh, we'll actually have to experience one of them, unfortunately, after after this game. Um Let's just talk about that for a second. There's been a lot of controversy uh, with online within the Arsenal community about some of uh, Gareth Southgate's selection from the England squad. I'm sure you guys would have seen how how harsh do you think it is on the likes of uh, Emil Smith Rowe and Ben White uh, that they've been uh, omitted from the most recent selection, Mac. Um, is it odd if I say it's not? Okay, um, okay. Elaborate. My general opinion 
especially on this England team, is that they are too talented for their own good. Um, and, I, and I mean that in terms <laughs> yeah. of three positions in general. Um, they have significantly too many right backs to choose from, uh, significantly too many attacking midfielders and wingers, and far, far too many goalies. Um, and I say this especially because Ramsdale, you know, before this international, before the Euros, I should say, was I'd say calmly maybe fourth or fifth in line for the throne. Yeah. Um, yeah. A healthy Nick Pope, a healthy Jordan Pickford, and a healthy Dean Henderson outrank him. And he was kind of neck and neck with Sam Johnston for that fourth spot. Mm. Um, and frankly, that hierarchy still really hasn't changed. He's been amazing. So he may have been pulled up to kind of third spot. I mean, and he is in the squad, which is lovely. But yeah, yeah probably exactly. overtaken Henderson. But now. to then turn to a player like Ben White, who England tend to play a defensive system that doesn't really require as much from their center backs, whether it's a back three, in which case it'll always be Kyle Walker, John Stones, and maybe Tyrone Mings. But, you know, White, remember, was mm. added to this Euro squad as as a last-minute addition because someone got injured, if I'm correct, right? When he went to the Euros, he was, he yeah. was added late. Um, and in theory, the defensive additions should just remain the same, with the exception of the fact that whatever player he replaced is now healthy again. Um and in terms of Smith Rowe, yeah. especially when it comes to left-sided dynamic attackers, it, like it's just yeah, yeah. it's a selection <laughs> headache. Frankly, Gareth Southgate could call up players that are no older than twenty-two and still have a squad capable of winning almost any international tournament. That is the wealth of young talent that they have right that England have available right now. Not to mention all of their veterans, the experience they need in the lineup. He, I think, has the, with maybe the exception of Spain's manager, has the hardest selection choice out of any international coach. Um, so I'm very mm. sympathetic to him, uh, and I'm sympathetic to who he brings and doesn't bring. And right now, he is bringing players who he trusts. Now, yes, it's an international break. It's friendlies. It's a perfect time to get players who haven't played before more game time. But he can only do that two or three players at a time in order to have a team that can still work together cohesively under his project, right? Like, think of it as a club manager. Mm. You wouldn't want to change around your entire roster every three weeks. That's not sustainable to building a, you know, yeah, a good, good point. run of club good fun. Um, and I think it's the same way with Southgate. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my two cents. Do I feel bad? Yes. But can I understand it? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand to an extent. Um, I think I completely understand the Smith Rowe one. Um, I was helpfully reminded by, I think, one of the Arsenal journalists, I think it was Simon Collins, put out a tweet and he was like, yeah, it would have made sense for um, Southgate to call up Smith Rowe just to give him a, a flavour of international football, but we must remember that England actually need four points from the six right. of their next two matches. And I appreciate that they're playing, I think, Albania and San Marino, but, you know, it makes sense that Southgate sticks with his trusted guard for that one. But, you know, I don't understand the white one. I don't because they, no one can tell me he doesn't deserve to be in that squad over... Um, Tyrone Mings or Connor Cody. It just makes zero sense to me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just absolutely baffled by his his uh, 
his insistence on those two. You know, if this this England squad, we fell at the last hurdle, and that means we we need to improve. It doesn't mean we need to just keep on doing the same thing. Let let let's refresh things. Let's get better reinforcement in in defence. Um, and Ben White is much better than those two options. So uh, if he's not in the squad anytime soon, yeah, there's something wrong there because you know he's a fine fine defender and he deserves to be in that England squad ahead of uh, some of those players. And let's not forget as well that even the trusted pair of um, Harry Maguire and John Stones have also well Maguire's been absolutely horrendous this season. And Stones has barely played. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one for me. Uh, and not even why. I think you've got like Tamoria, AC Milan, who's been brilliant this season too. So, uh, yeah, anyway, enough England chatter. Let, let's get back to Arsenal. Should we um, get started with a, a predicted lineup, maybe? Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, th- this is going to be this is lovely. Yeah. How how easy I think this is going to be. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, <laughs> I'm almost certain it will be uh, as straightforward as it gets. Uh, Daniel is guest. Do you want to just uh, have the pleasure of running through the team? Of leading the the charge. Yeah, first, yeah. Go ahead. First is the worst. Second <laughs> is the best. Third is the one with Third the hairy chest. chest. <laughs> I'm going to go with. Uh, Ramsdale and goal, obviously the king, king Ram, the king of everything, mm. king Ram. Yep. Um, the back four is probably going to stay the exact same. Um, I think Tierney is not quite going to make this yeah, game, that's right? What I've heard. Okay, yeah. So back four, don't have any grievances with that. If it stays the exact same, it, it, and that should. That's been a really solid, um, solid foundation back there. Um, any changes in the? I don't honestly. I, honestly, I'm I'm looking at the sign that played against Leicester. I don't think there will be any changes. I think it'll yeah. be Smithrow on the left, Saka down the right, Lukonga and Partey in the middle, Laka at that weird hybrid number ten striker position. Mm-hmm. So or or like a second striker, even whatever it is, um, and then Aubameyang up top. So I think it's going to be the exact same side that played against Leicester. I'd like to know if you guys agree or you know think anything's different. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. Um, Matt, do you want to go ahead first and say you whether you uh, would change any of that or whether you might hypothetically um, would change, I change any, of it? any of it? I don't know. Um, Renieri, I think in the past, um, and I'm just going to check some some results here. Why I kind while I kind of waffle on, um, but Renieri tends to prefer mm. a back th- a back four. Um, and our results have worked quite well in the back three. Um, mm. I'm just looking at the lineups from his previous matches. It was a back four against Southampton. It was a back four uh, when they beat Everton 5-2. I forgot that happened. Um, it was a back yeah, four. Yeah, it was a crazy game. Liverpool. It was a back five from the loss to Liverpool. Right. So it depends on okay. how much he sees us as a threat. Um, I think the only change that I could possibly envision is Odegaard coming in for Lacazette um, if we want to play a 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. However, I think the f- kind of weird hybrid 4-4-2 we've got going on right now has been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, long may it continue. Um, but yeah, I think there's a chance that um, I-, I think we will start with the same lineup but that a, a quick tactical change, and by quick, because it's Arteta, it won't be quick, but between the 45th and 60th minutes, 
um, tactical change to a four-two-three-one will will certainly be on the cards if our fortunes aren't quite trending the way we want them to. Yeah, yeah. I think even if they are when when we did that against um, when we did that last week against uh, against Leicester, it was actually to our benefit. It really helped us con- control the game. Um, yeah. when we shifted to the four two three one, we certainly conceded um, less chances as well. So yeah, it, it just adds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, Daniel's about to leave the recording. He's uh, got to go save his missus, um, and uh, you know we'll we'll go and let him do that. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if he's going to say bye, but he is. He is going Don't to worry. say bye. Thank Here you, lads. I'm a savior. Um, my spotlight is, I'm, I'm going to do an early spotlight in the middle of the show. You guys get on with it. Sorry. Um, USF women's soccer team. They are tremendous. They are in the AAC final this Sunday. Check them out if you've got the ability to do so. They're a phenomenally entertaining team and one of the best college women's soccer teams that there are. So check them out. Thanks, guys. I had a lot of fun and y'all take care. Bye, Daniel. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for coming on, Denny. He's missed that sentence. It's fine. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Do we want to talk, I don't know, tactical mix-ups or what are you thinking for? Yeah, um, I I know that Alfie said um, we were sort of banned from writing about this, um, but I haven't actually had the chance to speak about it on the show um, because of my recent absences. Um, so let's talk about it for a while. What, what, what are your thoughts on the uh, just, I guess, the last two games and on this new system we've stumbled upon, which is just, I've basically coined it as adrenaline ball because it is, ju- <laughs> it is just so high energy and I love it. It's just constant. And uh, I, I, I literally, when we play like with the intensity that we have done, I just can't wipe the smile off my face whenever we're playing. In, in that fashion what do you make of the uh, systematic change and, and what 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 do you think you would really ascribe uh, like within the system within the structural change to like our change in change in fortunes um well first off i think one of the keys to this structural change has been getting the best out of a lot of players who yeah have not had the best gotten out of them this season um Smith Rowe has been in tip-top form, so of course keeping him in the squad is always a necessity. Um, mm. But Lakonga, for starters, let's. I have three players I'm going to highlight. I'm going to highlight Lakonga. I'm going to highlight Saka, and I'm of course going to hi- highlight Alex Lacazette. Um, starting with Lakonga, I think his influence on the team has been significantly higher when he's had defensive support behind him. Um, yeah, when we drop into the Four two three one with Tierney at left wing back. That basically means that our left center defensive midfielder or left central midfielder, however we wanted to structure it, um, is kind of responsible for that auxiliary left back role. It's something that Granite Chaka does very well, and it's something that Lakanga has never done before. She probably shouldn't be asked to do on the pure basis of him being right footed anyway, but mm. also just it's not a part of his game. He is, you know, defensively excellent, especially when it comes to intercepting the ball. But in terms of just playing out of position that heavily and with that much of a kind of a tactical twist and still being asked to run the midfield as well, it's quite hard. Um, this new 4-4-2-ish formation 
has very much liberated him to rotate more freely, to see more of the ball, and to be the the fearless player that we know he can be. Um, second is Saka. He is just si- simple to the point. He looks better when he's able to drive from deep, and he looks better when he plays off the right. This formation gives him both, and it makes use of his defensive abilities. Um, it also, you know, frankly, as much as I love Nicolas Pepe, this is not a formation that exists around him. Um, he doesn't have the work rate for it. And, yeah, you know, yeah, you mentioned true, the, the, the energy and the the vigor. I'm going to use that word because it's fun with which we play. And I think it does come down to the fact that every player who's in the side right now not only wants to be in the side, but just has the genuine drive. Um, ben White, Gabriel, very aggressive. Tomoyasu and Tavares will never stop. Um, into the midfield, Thomas, as always, works his butt off. The same with Lakanga. Um, and then Saka and Smith Rowe will run themselves into the ground. But Lacazette has really been the fire of this team. Um it's he's been just, amazing he, to watch. He's oh, been yeah. at his Lacazette best. Just looks like a little bulldog yeah, it's, in there. It's a second lease on life, I think. Um, mm. And also, we finally, finally, finally figured out a system where he can play alongside Alba and just have that link up thrive. Um, yeah. I mean, the first time we brought it out was against Palace. And in 15 minutes of... It's taken Arteta yeah, long enough, hasn't it? But in 15 it? minutes of play, Lacazette <laughs> created more scoring chances, had more touches in the box than any player in the entirety of the game and proceeded to mm. score the equalizer. He's in, you know, we should not take light of the fact that he is in obscene form right now and he's feeling his football. Um, and of course, Alba looks like a man reborn as well, playing alongside Lacazette. His energy, the way he's been pressing recently... We have finally figured out a system that allows us to step high and use the athleticism that we do have within this team. And I'm going to stop talking uh, because I'm running out of air. But it's just, <laughs> it's a system that's allowed us to really exploit many of the natural talents that lie within this team while covering a lot of the deficiencies. And though it won't work for every game, in fact, I do predict it'll start stagnating within a game or two and force us to really switch things around again, it's at least been that sort mm. of breath of fresh air that can allow a team to really pick its head up and start gaining momentum again yeah and i think a lot can be ascribed to like just the simplicity of the system as well absolutely you know it it, it's worked at times but you know i think we've all sort of had that moment when we see granite shaka like standing in the left back role and we're just sort of thinking why yeah and we sort of understand why but we're also like, why not put Shaka in midfield and Tierney at left back? And in this system, we've got Tom Thomas Partey playing in midfield rather than well, he's all, he always plays in midfield, but he's playing sort of in midfield with Lukonga instead of just like completely on his own, completely isolated in that midfield role. Uh, and that helps Lokonga as well because, you know, as a young man, he he shouldn't he shouldn't have to play you know, he's he's just joined the Premier League. He he shouldn't be he shouldn't be asked to play um such a role on his own. And then uh who else have we got? Um you know, you've got Aubameyang playing as you said Mac in a in a really sort of 
conventional number nine role. Uh, all sort of all sorts of works around him. Um, and yeah, it's just been really good to watch. I've, I'm really enjoying the sort of simplicity of more. the system. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm guessing that that's that's where my head is I'm at. With and you. Um, and as you said, as you say, Mac, um, it probably will start to stagnate at some point. I think that's only inevitable. Managers will sort of work out how to perhaps defy certain aspects of it, and um, you know that that that's just an inevitability of this this like sort of level of football because when you play uh, sort of fantastic teams every week you you will be found out but um you know what mac Mikel Arteta has done what he's asked for he's introduced what i asked for um he's introduced a bit of tactical flexibility we do now have a different formula to win football matches and um yeah that's something that i've been really happy to see um yeah um i will say one more thing mm. Uh, just to kind of end this little segment off. And that is that for for the longest time, there there have been these weird reports from the Arsenal training ground of, oh my goodness, uh, Mikel Arteta kind of can't coach the players. They're confused about his instructions. But it's almost stripping it back to basics, I think, is a perfect alleyway to kind of think about how this formation has changed the way our team works. When you only mm. have to focus on one or two jobs at a time, it, you can just go about your football in a more efficient and effective way. And I think it's really good to see. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, right. I think we're approaching the end of this bad boy. I think the, the flame is yeah. starting to burn out. Um, it's been a bit of a weird show because usually um, on these ECPs, we have to spend quite a while debating and uh, sort of twiddling our thumbs surrounding the uh, the predicted lineup. But it was just so easy this week that that cut, cut out about a, a 20 minute chunk of the show. Um, Things we will never yeah. complain about. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, not. Um, but Rob, I'm really looking, as it's, yeah, as it I'm is really your... looking forward to seeing the team again. I can't lie. So uh, we're not complaining, are we, Mac? No, but yeah, go be. ahead. Well, it's your return to the show after weeks away. Um, yeah, I've missed you. And as, as such, I will give you first dibs if you'd like them to shine me a spotlight. I'm also completely prepared to to take that back because I do have something ready. Um, no, no, I uh, I can shine you a spotlight onto a few things actually. Uh, if you haven't already, as I said at the top of the show, do go check out the uh, Arsenal Cannon podcast, which was actually released today or yesterday but um yeah that was recorded earlier this week uh that covers quite a lot of nice arsenal stuff um and also um feel free to go and check out my recent article on uh we love you arsenal.co.uk i uh debate um who out of the six arsenal signings from the summer has fared best and unfortunately who has fared worst, even though I must caveat and I caveat the entire article at the start by saying that they've all been really impressive. So it, it was more of a who's been best sort of thing. Um, but I did, of course, rent them from six to one. Um, and yeah, all the other stuff which has been released on we love you arsenal.co.uk as well. We've had a bit of a better week. We have been slacking because we've just all been so busy. Um, but yeah, go just check out all the content on we love you arsenal.co.uk. A lot of stuff is out on that website at the moment. 
Over to you, Maxter. Um, it's going to be quite simple. I had a couple of things prepared, but I simply want to wish a happy 23rd birthday to Takahiro Tomiyasu um, <laughs> on, on the day of recording, uh, Friday, November the 5th. He turns 23, and he's been one of my favorite players to watch this season. Um, he's yeah, know, technically very good. He's quick. He's incisive. He's intelligent. But more than that, We've been looking for a genuine right back that can fit into this team for a while, and he's kind of answered our prayers in that regard. Um, and I want to spotlight him for two reasons. One, his Instagram post was absolutely adorable. Um, it turns out that he is quite good friends with both Mana Iwabuchi, who plays for Arsenal Women, and yeah, no, yeah, that is nice. And also is. Yui Hasegawa, who plays for the West Ham Women. Uh, if you've not seen her play, she's also a fantastic, fantastic player to watch. But I kind of love that there's this little like Japanese collection of footballers within um, within London because I mm. was worried about him coming into you know England, having played in Japan, Italy, and Belgium, not exactly English speaking all around. But um, and you know he's he's quite well spoken for someone who does not you know have the language as his first or second or even third language. But above mm. all, it's just been. I, I love it when footballers kind of come in and immediately can find these spots of joy, um, especially when they are footballers who I desperately want to succeed. The other reason I'm spotlighting him is because of a wonderful interview he did with uh, oh yeah with, with, with Disown Japan, <laughs> where he clearly said, "I had an offer on the table from Tottenham. I was planning on accepting it." Arsenal said, hey, we want you. I rejected Tottenham and immediately signed for Arsenal. There's nowhere else I wanted to play. Uh, that, for me, <laughs> was just a, a true a true moment of victory, shall we say. Um, yeah. A real triumph. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to hear and to read. And there's a reason for it. Um, simply put, North London is red, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> uh what what a lovely way to to end the show that is uh it will always be that way regardless of a spanish italian man who has uh just just stumbled across this city um well the north part of the city of course he has been here before uh imagine appointing someone who uh has already managed another london club could never be us no not of course Arsenal. not um <laughs> Righty-ho, I think uh, that is where we'll bring this bad to a close. This has been the Extra Cannon Podcast. I have been your host, Rob Worthington. I have been joined by Matt Johnson and Daniel Finton earlier on today. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to look out for more from We Love You Arsenal Productions and see you guys later. Goodbye. <laughs>